Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by Visa. We all have things we like to think about. Online fraud shouldn't be one of them. Because with every purchase, Visa prevents, detects, and resolves online fraud. Safe, secure, Visa. Hi there. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor here at How Stuff Works. And with me is the best writer on the staff, Jonathan Strickland. Darn tootin'. I hoped you wouldn't notice. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we are going to talk about wireless connectivity. Yes, uh, specifically we're looking at Wi-Fi and WiMAX, uh, terms you've probably heard, uh, maybe you're a little familiar with them, but uh, they can be a little confusing. Um, and Wi-Fi has been in the news recently uh, because there, have been, there were a lot of cities that planned on rolling out municipal Wi-Fi networks for citizens. Now, a lot of them have them for, for emergency services, but uh, several cities were planning on uh, having these available for, for anyone to use. Um, Basically, anytime you would be walking around town uh, with your computer, maybe you're on a business trip, for example, and you stop to uh, to grab some lunch, sit out on a park bench, you could open up your laptop and check your email. Exactly. You know, it's, you know while you're out on the... On the, on the go. You don't have to be at an office or at a coffee shop. You would basically be on the street able to, uh, to connect with your smartphone or your laptop computer. Right. And it seems like it'd be a, a great idea. Unfortunately, Uh-oh. uh, one by one, these cities have been kind of, uh, abandoning these plans. Um, and recently, uh, this is from the Orange County Register. Uh, there'll be the Orange County in California, not the one in Florida. Uh, Anaheim. The Anaheim City Council voted on July 29th to stop their program with Earthlink. Uh, Earthlink was one of the major providers for these kind of uh, municipal Wi-Fi initiatives. And and like I said, they've all been kind of crumbling over the last year and a half or so. Um, this was one of the last larger cities to, to try and implement municipal Wi-Fi to, to fold – uh, so it's kind of um, a lot of people are kind of thinking of this as as the death knell for municipal Wi-Fi. Now, now we should go ahead and say that Wi-Fi in general is not in danger. We're talking about trying to create a citywide network of Wi-Fi. Um, so it looks like uh, those it looks like people were rushing into these plans without really thinking them out all the way through. And specifically thinking about how do they make enough money to support the plan and make a profit. Yeah. See, a lot of these these networks that they had set up basically had sort of, if you will, two tiers of right. pricing. One would be free. You know, anybody could do that. But a lot of a lot of the networks that offered a free option, uh, the connectivity was sort of iffy. Uh, from the reports I've read, it was slow. Right. Um, and you could upgrade. You could pay to have access to this this network, like you would at a, a coffee shop or a bookstore, um, or you know, hotel, someplace where you had to have something to get you in the door of the network, if you will. Um, but uh, you know, people weren't necessarily signing up for that. And if you think about it, if you if you have a wireless network at home, um, you know these. These uh, routers don't really have a lot of range, so you've got to, if you're putting together a network like this, you've got to get a lot of routers to cover all this territory. You've got to get a lot of wiring uh, for your wireless routers you right. know, to connect them to the to the you know the actual internet. 
Uh, and you have to have people running around making sure that, you know, when there are blackouts in individual routers, somebody's got to go fix it or repair the connection or update the software and firmware. So, you know, these, once you have it up, it's not, uh, you know, one little node yeah, you don't covering just, an entire city right. block. You know, Lee, we're talking a lot of equipment. Yeah, you don't just flip it's a switch and, and, and have it all work out just fine. Um, Anaheim's approach was to, uh, connect uh, routers to things like um, city lights and traffic signal poles, which was kind of interesting, you know, using existing uh, infrastructure to support this. Um, still didn't work, unfortunately. Uh, so some people are saying maybe this is a sign that we should just wait for a, a broader acceptance of the WiMAX uh, format of wireless uh, connectivity. Uh, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about the, the differences between Wi-Fi and WiMAX. First of all, we'll, we'll get down to the very nitty-gritty. Wi-Fi, uh, as defined by the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers, the IEEE, or... IE! Yes. Uh, thank you very much. And my, my Cajun friends, thank you too. That uh, never gets old. That's designated as the 802.11 uh, standard. There are, a series of standards. There, yeah, there are variations. The original were 802.11a and b, and then there was a g, which is faster, and n, which is the the latest, and it's really more of a proposal, right? Than right. a firmly been, accepted yeah. standard. But it's got more, you know, each with each standard, they're increasing the range and the reliability and, and the speed and the speed for the network. So you know, it's it's pretty robust to have a series of standards like that. Right. And there, in case you're wondering why they skipped over certain letters, those letters also are, are part of the standards, but they deal with very specific instances like, uh, like roving Wi-Fi. Like when you, when you move from one Wi-Fi system to another, how can you seamlessly make that transition so that the user is not effect, not affected when he or she moves out of one network and into another. But so, the ones that uh, that Chris mentioned are the specific standards that relate to to data transmission. Um, now it's unlicensed, which mean which in this case means that uh, when you try and access a uh, a Wi-Fi network, you're essentially battling it out with everyone else who's also trying to access that network, and this can affect your connection. It can make it go slower. It can mean that you could have an unreliable connection. You could get booted off if too many people are trying to get into that connection at the same time. Um, so think of it like a big building that only has one doorway and everyone is trying to go in and out of that one doorway at the same time. WiMAX, on the other hand, is like a big building with lots of doorways and they only allow the number of people to access the building the same number as, as there are doors. So once you get to a point like if there are 40 doors in this building – that means 40 people can access it going in and out of their individual doorways. But if the 41st person comes in, they'll say, I'm sorry, you need to go to another building. Because the WiMAX is a licensed uh, standard as opposed to Wi-Fi. Um, and WiMAX is also governed by the IE. Uh, it's 802.16. Uh, so it's uh, it can be a little confusing when you're talking about all these 802s, right? That's true. That's true. Okay, so there are actually a couple ways that you can transmit uh, WiMAX signals, uh, line of sight and non-line of sight. Um, non-line of sight operates on the range of uh, Wi-Fi frequencies generally. There's in the similar range, 2 to 11 gigahertz. And, you know, covers generally 25 square miles, which is about 65 square kilometers. 
um, which is, you know, pretty healthy range, but not as much as the, the line of sight transmitters. And those actually require a dish antenna. Um, I guess similar to what you might see for satellite television. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, an antenna that would go on the side of your house and it actually does need to connect, uh, not physically, but it needs to be able to, if you will, see the transmitter and it can cover areas of up to, uh, 2,800 square miles or 9,300 square kilometers, which is, you know, quite a range. But the benefit of having the line of sight is it can use a higher frequency. And in that higher frequency, there's more room for, for information, you know, bandwidth, more sure. bandwidth, and it uh, gives you a more robust connection. Um, so you'd have fewer interruptions. We're talking a lot more, uh, bandwidth. Um, I'm, you know, you could say that it's a, an option that would really give, uh, some of the fiber optic connections a run for their money too. In fact, that's, that's one of the main, uh, purposes for the WiMAX technology. It's not necessarily to replace Wi-Fi. And and a lot of people kind of confuse Wi-Fi and WiMAX thinking that, that WiMAX is really the, – the common phrase is Wi-Fi on steroids, and that's not true <laughs> um, because they're, they're very different standards. Um, but WiMAX, uh, one of the, the purposes for it is to re- be that last mile. It's that's what's called in the industry, uh, in the in the ISP industry, Internet Service Provider for you guys out there. Um, it's to provide the connection to from the last mile of the backbone uh, to the customer. So that's why you would uh, think of it as a replacement for for cable or for fiber optics. And uh, just to kind of compare it to Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in general reaches around 150 feet indoors, 300 feet in outdoors. That's not very far at all, really, in comparison. Yeah. So one of the benefits of WiMAX is that you don't need as many devices to cover a large area. You can use a few radio towers to transmit the signal, and uh, you'll be able to cover the same amount of area that you would you would also require, like like a hundred or two hundred devices for a Wi-Fi version of that same network. Um, I should also point out, uh, you know, you mentioned the the distance of the the line of sight and the non-line of sight. Um, some people contest that the non-line of sight, the ones where you don't need to have a, an antenna pointed at the uh, transmitter, some argue that in the field it gets down to maybe four to eight miles as opposed to 20, 25, 28, 30. But um, whether or not that's an insurmountable <laughs> obstacle it remains to be seen. And also, I mean – that's just one side. It may be that they were using faulty uh, technology just to test it. But uh, at either way, it's still transmitting a signal much further than Wi-Fi is capable of doing. So um, there's that. Now, the, the other issue with WiMAX is that there's no real infrastructure for WiMAX. Uh, and that would cost a lot of money to build up that infra- infrastructure, which is one reason why a lot of companies were looking at Wi-Fi instead, because in, in general, Wi-Fi is cheap. Yeah, I so. mean, just run down to your corner electronics store and pick up a couple uh, $20 routers. That should cover it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe a little more than that, but it's still, like, <laughs> it's still readily available. Right. And it's, uh, and it's easier to, to use something that, you know, everyone's got a version of it out already. I mean, there's so many, like laptops now, if you buy a laptop, nine times out of ten, it's going to have a Wi-Fi adapter already built into it. Yep. Um, 
to, to change over to WiMAX would mean, because these are not using the same signals, it would mean you would have to build in, you would either have to have a lot of WiMAX adapters available or you would have to build them into the devices themselves. So you're talking about a massive change across multiple industries. So that's why it's not going to be a, a rapid adoption, I think. Yeah, it, it actually has been, uh, this is the first time you're hearing about y, WiMAX. You might think that this is a brand new thing that's been, you know, coming up in the last few months. It has actually been going on for many years now. Um, and it, I would imagine that that expense and working out the, the different kinds of technology, the line of sight and non-line of sight and how they're going to administer that. Um, I think that has a lot to do with why it hasn't already shown up on everyone's doorstep at this point. We all have things to think about, like, say, what's the best site to buy a new leather jacket or whether to buy the three or six megapixel camera. But thankfully, we don't need to think about online fraud. Because for every purchase you make, Visa keeps an eye out for fraud with real-time fraud monitoring and by making sure you're not liable for any unauthorized purchases. How's that for peace of mind? Safe, secure, Visa. So I guess it'll, well, we'll just have to wait and see whether or not someone comes up with a, a viable way of providing Wi-Fi through a, a, a citywide network. Um, or if they'll just scrap that idea, go to WiMAX instead and, and hope that the new format works. Or if it, some other format comes out that we're not even talking about right now that that takes over both and just surprises the heck out of both of us. Um, we'll rem- probably have to write an article on it. Yeah, I'm, I, have a, I have a good, strong feeling that that'll be the case. <laughs> well, if you guys want to learn more about this, you can read How Wi-Fi Works or How WiMAX Works at HowStuffWorks.com right now. And we'll talk to you again soon. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?